When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Rosehead. And fans are getting used to their January signings while at Goodison Park. Deli Ali causes more upset with his choice of outfit than anyone since the day Mike produced my radio show wearing three quarter length pinstripe pedal pushers. <laughs> <laughs> Second time they've been mentioned on this podcast. Unforgivable. Plus, we talk Declan Rice, Jack Grealish, and the return of two United legends to the dugout. While in the FA Cup, Boreham would give Bournemouth the biggest upset at the seaside since the cleaners saw Hannah Eastrum after her hendu in Blackpool. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> Take me back to that swingers hotel. Um, welcome to Rose Ed. Remember, we are nominated for a sports podcast award. We're in the comedy category. Jump on sportspodcastaward.com and vote if you want or if you don't, don't. <laughs> but, but please really, do. We'd love but it. Please do. Um, yeah. yeah, and please like and rate and review the show and stuff. That sort of thing uh, really helps. You're right, Hannah. I am. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Any... You, you've got lipstick on. <laughs> Anything to say about my appearance? This is legit true. He's got pink lipstick on hasn't he mike it's yeah. not my camera you, joe has makeup on yeah yeah but not on purpose <laughs> if you're watching these clips i mean i do i do look a bit like like someone who sort of wants gender reassignment surgery but can't really be bothered to commit that much <laughs> at this stage so you've gone and put the testers on in boots <laughs> I, just... yeah I, I should just say I was just I was just kissing someone with um just someone. He <laughs> <laughs> got room service. This woman yeah, came in. Just feel special. Come in, Gregory. I don't have a tip for you, but I do have this. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and she had red lipstick on, so it was obviously <laughs> my girlfriend, not just somewhere. Anyway, you beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> have you yeah, got a girlfriend? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you two. <Sorry. laughs> I hate this show. Oh. everything about it. I was just um I was actually just about to say that I'm very proud in how Rosehead's gone big time and you know nominate for an award Nicole Holiday the absolute oh, legend here was we on go. Show. Here we go. <laughs> 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 on the show I don't I don't remember Mike tell us what you thought when Nicole came on 
Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is just go to um, Rosette on all of our social platforms and just look at how I'm staring at her. And uh, it's very apparent that I'm I'm a big fan of hers. And several people have pointed that out to me <laughs> over the last week after watching them clips. So, yeah. What did, what did someone text you today, Mike, that you screenshotted me? Um, so it was a friend of mine that said, um, uh, I need someone to look at me the way that Mike looks at Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Because when Joe... Yeah, Sorry. I'm. I'm just really glad that my girlfriend doesn't listen to this podcast or or watch or would watch any clips, any anything. Yeah, my my girlfriend's a bit like I was gonna say my girlfriend's like Andy. She's very much not, but she's, <laughs> she's similar to Andy in the sense that from the she door. doesn't watch she doesn't watch anything that that like I do. So I don't really know whether to be offended by that or not. But I guess in some cases like this, it's probably helpful. Well, Andy says to me, he's like, listen, I live with you and I have to see you and talk to you every day. So why would I listen to yeah. the half hour that I get away from you? Why would I listen to that? Also, and should what, you look at a marriage as having to see someone and having to <laughs> I know, talk yeah. to <laughs> I have to wake up every day next to you. Oh, dear. You've been gigging there, haven't you, Hannah? That's fun. I have, yeah. done a couple of uh, comedy gigs. Did a really weird gig on Friday. Um, mm. A really well-known comedian um, in this country was the headline act. Don't really want to say his name. And basically throughout the, he started his half an hour set and every, like this guy who was obviously taken some sort of substance and uh, this guy, the comedian was trying to do his, his, uh, his jokes He'd say something like, oh, yeah, and what happened the other day was. And then this guy who was sat on the front row, was probably early 20s, would go, like, like that. Not even laughing, just as a weird noise every time this comedian was trying to do a punchline. And it was so weird. And then I thought there was going to be a bit of a scrap, a bit of a fight. It all got really weird. And uh, I was kind of, I was pleased uh, to leave because luckily this guy didn't sort of heckle me. But imagine being heckled when people don't even say anything. They just go, oh, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. But you said he was with his girlfriend as well, who was acting normally. Yeah. She laughed at a few of my jokes as well. I was like chatting to her while I did. I'm probably one of the only ones laughing at some of my jokes. But, oh, so she, uh, she was weird as well. Yeah, <laughs> she was, She obviously had a terrible sense of humour. Banter, Joe. Banter. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Um, so, yeah, that was that. I've done two gigs because obviously it's Leicester Comedy Festival at the moment. So um, there's lots going on. You had a good week, Mike. You made your, your debut um, on BBC London. Whoop, whoop. Judas. Yeah. Traitor. <laughs> yeah i mean you know bbc london i was with um i, I don't know i don't know if i'm gonna say nemesis but uh joe's like sort of competition at our old job love sport radio really? aaron paul i find that insulting uh, <laughs> really? oh i didn't know this well, I, I, wonder, I wonder how, how he'd feel about it maybe i'll ask him i don't know maybe i'll send does him he wear pink lipstick as well <laughs> no no mm. not at all he wouldn't stoop down levels. Yeah, it was um, it was really good. It was a really proud moment for me. Another moment that um, my girlfriend didn't listen to. No, she didn't listen to, you. She didn't listen to your BBC debut. No, I was I was actually quite angry. Uh, but to be fair, it was like her first day at a new job, so I, I I let it slide. But yeah, it was it was great. I was on there to talk Arsenal um, with a few really great people, and uh, yeah, I was it, I was a happy moment. And this is a regular thing, Mike. Every week. Uh, it's not every week. What, what they're doing is a sort of like <laughs> rotation. That's it. It yeah, that's, they're never having me back. Yeah, ever. <laughs> um, no, it was awful. That's it went so bad. No, it was. Uh, it's like rotating on like fan shows. So it's like right. going to be like Arsenal one week and BBC Radio London. So it's going to be like Arsenal, Fulham, Chelsea, all of that's them on wicked. a rotation. So and so, yeah, it was cool. good fun. Well done. And yeah, I can't think of anything. Other yeah, than good. Team. <laughs> Purposely not going to say it. I felt proud though. Did you, Hannah? 
yeah like super proud it's it's epic it's um it's nice to know people that you've you know work with that like obviously mike you're probably the only one of us that's like a bit more sensible um so (laughs) (laughs) it was really cool though like bbc is amazing so well done you it's cool no because i i feel like um like sort of i discovered mike and he was like a little baby bird at the bottom of the garden and i and i picked him up and I brought him in and I sort of held him under a little light bulb and got a little dripper of water and I stroked his little tummy. And then he's grown into a fully, into a fully fledged birdie. I would say the, the only, the only coaching that Joe's ever done and when he's, is when he's drawn me diagrams of things to do in the bedroom. So I wouldn't really say that's, you know, helped my career too much. You've well, stroked my his professional tummy. Career. What are you on about, Joe? But what I learned like, Literally, from my... what are you talking about with your makeup on? But <laughs> it's been a weird day in Manchester already. Um, but what I learned from Mike is I actually learned how to do a radio show properly, like how to program it and how to plan it and all that sort of thing. But I totally ignored all of that. I only took that on board a couple of years like later. Because he was like, yeah, Joe, I was thinking maybe today on this show. I was like, yeah, yeah, what do you want to do, mate? If you've got a bird, right, just do this. Give me a bit of <laughs> yeah, paper, yeah. yeah. I was like, that's you, because he's got a beard, see? Right, do <laughs> and he Literally was like, about oh. five minutes before the show, yeah. when we're meant to be prepping. He's like, do you know what we're going to do for the opening link? Shut up, you <laughs> Right, just do it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll tell you what you're going to do tonight, mate. Right, here we go. <laughs> um, so probably no need to do, and uh, do you know what? I am going to mix it up. No need to do things that make you go, mm, because we know what made Mike go, mm, this week. Hi, Nicole. BBC. Uh, <laughs> um, but you're going to be happy, Hannah, this week because Steve Bruce, yeah. first game in charge as new West Brom boss against Sheffield United, his former club, on Wednesday. Um, he takes over Albion, sixth place in the championship. Are you, mm-hmm. are you happy seeing back the back yeah he is back it's an 18 month contract isn't it and they want they want steve bruce uh they think he's capable of uniting the dressing room um i don't know what it is about him i just i'm happy because i'm happy he hasn't retired and everything's gone sour he's back 18 months at least we've got brucey back well until he get, or unless he gets sacked yeah unless he gets sacked <laughs> again yeah. but he's like but i think it's because he's been quite badly treated and he's obviously just quite nice yeah because he's really cute isn't he he is cute. He's like a little potato with a smile. But he's got a weird, Mike, he's got a bit of a weird, like, history. Because obviously, he's been at Newcastle and Sunderland. He's been at Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday. And he's been at Villa. And now he's at the Baggies. So you can see why he angers people. Because as yeah. nice as he is, he does love going to rival clubs. Yeah, that's like four Midlands clubs you just named yeah. right there. And obviously the two massive rivals in Newcastle and Sunderland. So yeah, I can understand it, but... He's such a nice bloke. I mean, you can't really, you know, you can sort of just forget about that sort of stuff. Yeah. He's um, going to unite the dressing room with a cuddle. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. Yeah. A big um, cuddle in a hot tub. A man who, um, <laughs> a man who's um, not going to unite the dressing room with the cuddle. Roy Keane looks like he might be back at Sunderland, Hannah. Are you looking forward to seeing Roy Keane back in the dugout? Um, Actually, I'm disappointed because I just want, I just want Roy Keane on Sky Sports at all times. Um, mm. His punditry is amazing. I, absolutely. He's my favourite person in football. I absolutely love him. And I love listening to his analysis after particularly like the United matches. So I'll be really disappointed that he's not going to be doing that. Um, I don't want him to have a, a job there. I want him to stay at what he's doing personally. It's weird, isn't it? Because he's like, Mike, he, his thing at the Republic of Ireland, where I know he was assistant to Martin O'Neill, he he was kind of accused of not being able to get on with the modern player because he's a bit too full on and potentially confrontational and perhaps violent. 
is he is it kind of I don't know is 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 it right for him to step back into management in 2022? Well, it doesn't. For given like his punditry, it doesn't sound like he's going to change his approach to deal with the, the modern footballer. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It's a bit weird, and he has taken time out of management and coaching as well, and now he's gone back. So I do wonder what his motivations are. Maybe he's like sort of thinking, well, I can criticize players every week on TV and criticize managers. Um, but then I'm not actually doing anything myself in that in that world. So maybe something like he wants to try and prove himself again or or something like that. But I'm not sure how well it's really going to work out. And I agree with Hannah. Like, even though I don't think he's a great pundit in terms of his analysis, I think it's just box office TV. Because after yeah. every Man United game, he will just go after everyone, doesn't really care rinse who they them. are. Just, yeah, rinse them, rip into them. But even though saying that he didn't want to dig in on his mate Ollie, did he? Like a lot of the Man United legends didn't yeah. want to do, which I yeah, found interesting. Respectful, but don't don't you find it interesting now? Like you said, Mike, it's there's a difference between when he played his approach, the class of '92 era. The difference now to the modern day footballer is unbelievable. They can be a bit more arrogant because of social media and platforms that they have, things that they can do. The managers and and staff do more for them now and book everything for them and organize everything. So they don't have to do a huge amount for themselves. And Mm. what comes with that is where they actually don't know what they're doing. They rely on other people. and, And I think that can cross over as arrogance can develop from that. Well, do you know what it is? We talked to Nicole a bit about it last week, didn't we? And the thing is, these guys... Oh, yo, Mike. Um, Mike, do you remember when Nicole, Nicole came on? Nicole, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, my, Mike's little desk beep, goes... Beep, beep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Too far. <laughs> Too far. I, I Too mean, far. that is 100% happened this week. <laughs> <laughs> You need to cut that out, poor yeah. lad. No, it's going to get cut out. Yeah, it's definitely not. Yeah, little, it's definitely not. Yeah, a little sticky handshake over her. Oh, <laughs> Watching all them mids back. Yeah. Oh, I love Dennis Bergkamp too. Oh, Christ. I'm so glad this is getting cut out. <laughs> oh sorry, my! Sorry, mate. Sorry, it's true, though, isn't it? Yeah, Nicole was saying about it last week, wasn't she? But like these guys, thanks, Anna. Um, <laughs> but these guys have been like in the system since they were eight, nine, ten years old, and because they're kind of they're almost like thoroughbred racehorses now, so they're kind of mollycoddled and watched from that early age. So. Unlike, I don't know, kind of there's that classic story in the Class of 92 documentary where they're all talking about um, going to work in the club shop and stuff and all that sort of thing. Lee Dixon gave an interview to Quickly Kevin where he's talking about working in a factory where his dad was the foreman and his dad stuck him down in the basement for the whole summer trying to clear all like the damp and stuff out the basement. So like he basically said, I knew what a crap job was. So I had to work really hard to have Mm -hmm. one where it, which was an incredible luxury they've never had real life. All they've ever done is hung out and they kind of get, they almost get kind of fossilized and crystallized at the age of 15. You're in a super macho environment where you've got more money than you can ever spend. Nobody ever tells you what to do. You're with other people who are just macho 15 year old idiots who you never forced to grow up. So you never have any accountability. And I don't think it breeds very nice people. 
But then um, it's important to point out as well that we're not criticising, because sometimes I feel it's easy to criticise a football and be like, oh, they've got loads of money, they've got this, they've got that. If one of my sons has the talent to be a great footballer uh, and, and can progress through an academy and, and be in the first team and stuff, that's amazing. If they're gonna, somebody's going to offer my kids like hundreds of thousands of pounds, of course you're going to be like, do it. But at the same time, um, it's not, a, a, it's difficult. It's a difficult path and it's a difficult one because I don't want it to seem like we're just slagging every footballer off because no, not but, every footballer no, is true like that. it's though, isn't it? But it's a general consensus that majority yeah, of them are. I've, I've met ex-pros as well and it's like um, when, when I was working at, um, at a radio station and you're trying to book them and, and, they, and they don't turn up. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, where are you? And it's like, oh, well, um, my agent didn't tell me. When it's like, well... Like, if you've got no like sort of accountability for yeah. yourself, and they actually don't because they don't live in the real world. They, as yeah. a, as Joe said, they live in a little bubble of football, and football is all they know, and that's all they do. They have, yeah. they have a lawyer, they have um, an agent, they have people who sort out their property, they have people who look after their money. They literally have people who look after every single aspect of their life. So I wonder why they're so far from reality, normal people, and it's just frustrating from a fan point of view. Because you can't relate to these people anymore. Like yeah. when you watch player interviews, as we're saying with, um, I'm not going to say a name, with our guest last week, um, it's it's all just so robotic. Like you could literally read off a script and people would not be able to tell the difference because it's just the same old every single week and there's no personality. So that's why players like Marcus Rashford, the fact that he's like done all these amazing campaigns, like feeding school kids, like it's just unbelievable for him to take on that role and still be a footballer at the same time given the pressure and given the spotlight on him so people like that you have to really really commend because think how yeah. difficult that would be and think how much like character you have to have to be able to be in a dressing room full of like you know 25 other people like you and you're going to say oh actually no I want to do this and and be a good person and you know help people yeah because his mum's a very strong influence for that as well given that what he his uh, sort of upbringing um and he 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 appreciates what he's got now because of what he didn't have when he was younger mm -hmm. so it's really admirable um that Marcus Rashford has done what he's done um but yeah i, I guess it's um it's a difficult one because the what the media are portraying now about the majority of premier league footballs and what we read in the paper it's like people's jobs are to catch people out now. Um, mm. So players yeah. can't go out for drinks with their friends They could, because it'll just one picture of them holding a drink. It means that they're absolutely smashed in a club and pictures can be very misinterpreted from whatever angle um, a good photographer wants to take it from. Um, so they can't have a normal life. It's not that they don't want to. That's probably all they crave. Um, and that's obviously why you have repercussions of fame, not just with footballers, but with any any modern day celebrity now, um, there's a lot of uh, issues around their lifestyle. <laughs> I think we're um, I think we're like we're all kind of reasonable enough to not to only base it on personal experience. And I think we've all had bad experiences with pros and ex pros. And yeah. I definitely think there's a level of if you're going to be a top sports person, there's kind of a level of kind of this, particularly with men like machismo and kind of like obviously if you've seen that Michael Jordan documentary. Um, the name escapes me the last dance he's obviously like the extra nth degree version of that kind of thing but like they kind of have that attitude which maybe makes them a little bit unpleasant to deal with for other people and i also think there's an element of a lot of them i think the intelligent guys i mean talking people like people like michael rashford and stuff not like that because he's got brain so you can probably realize there's a different way to be but also i think there's kind of 
this element of some of them because nobody ever tells them what to do. So, for example, I worked with a, a guy who used to play for Chelsea, actually, then became a football agent. Um, and he told me that one of his clients rang him up one day and was looking out the back window of his house and was just like, oh, the grass is long. Can you do something about it? And he was like, what, what do you mean? He was like, can you do something about it? He's like, what do you mean? He's like, the grass is too long. He's like, cut it. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, get a lawnmower and cut it. He's like, I don't, I don't know what you mean. And he was like, nah. he didn't know what a lawnmower was, or what that concept was. And that's not, he's not a bad person. He just, nobody's ever told him no or taught him about life yeah. because they've gone, oh, you're yeah. brilliant at this thing and you might be worth a bit of money to us one day. I mean, the clubs and whatever. So they're just like, they never go, look, let's educate you so you can the be parents a as well, though, human. Joe. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The, the, the parents as well, because it's like some some like dads, when when you grow up like playing Sunday league football and, and like, and you see some of the kids like go on to like go to academies and stuff like that. When you, when you watch them, it's like, they they're literally looking at their sons and sons and daughters and uh, uh, has like pound signs like walking pound signs they're yeah. like I can make an opportunity out of this I can I can absolutely milk it and and become rich because my my son or daughter is going to become a professional footballer and it's like whoa that is a lot of pressure to put on someone and there's yeah. there's there's a lot of stuff about the players that don't make it because obviously most of them don't and then what do they do after that so you can't just like go into football and by the age of 14, 15, just forget about everything else in life. Like obviously this guy with the lawnmower, that is just insane. <laughs> but it's like, he, he was telling me, he's like, that's pretty common. He's like, that's not the weirdest thing that happens when you manage football players. And he was like, I'm an, I'm an ex-pro, so I'm able to just go, <laughs> basically, because I'm kind of on their level. Yeah. Um, something that I very much enjoyed this week, Valt Veghorst's uh, announcement video at Burnley. Yeah. Um, well, you guys seen ones. this? It's good when yeah. they are. I mean, yeah, it was seen... rubbish, but it's really good. It was really cool, I thought. You're not I a love... Jurassic Park f- fan, Joe? I know I loved it, but no, because it's just really naff, because it's like basically a scene from yeah. Jurassic Park with the water going, and they realise the T-Rex is coming, and then it cuts to about vehicles going, <laughs> <"Bah!"> <laughs> yeah. so stupid. I but, thought yeah. it was, you know, the adverts that pop up originally, where you have to watch some, like, <laughs> some kids tv thing oh, I was right. like, oh where, where can i think... skip and then i was like oh my god this is a <laughs> this video is it, yeah <laughs> i loved it and i thought i'd like to see that more when players get um announced but hannah what i wanted today is like what if if we if we were announcing you as a signing for a football club what what film would you like to be featured in i know um, you love jim carrey i so really I'd thought dumber dumber. and dumber yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i thought you'd say the mask or dumb i'd rock up yeah. in that dog van <laughs> So who would be? So say you're signing for Burnley, like yeah. So oh my you, God, imagine one of you would be Sean Dyche every day. So but Dumb and Dumber, so it would be you and Sean. Yeah. <laughs> what they called Harry and Lloyd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just trying to talk like I'm trying to talk like him all day, and then he would get rid of me because I'd be so irritating. Well, in all your press interviews, like how's it feel to have joined the club? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> oh. I do that all the time. That would be so Nothing. good, Mike. Mike, what, what, like, if we were announcing you for Arsenal, what would, what think your film would be? Um, I would want to do the old, because you know, there's um, you know, you know, the old yeah, Adam West. No, I was gonna say, you know, the old Adam West Batman movies. <laughs> yeah, that would be so funny. That would be really funny because there's there's that um, there's that video on on YouTube and it's like just like twenty hours of of Adam West just like bobbing along like no 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 just like that i just want to do that it'll be hilarious 20 hours. Like, i could have joe's like uh robin and, <laughs> yeah. and he'd, be, he'd be behind me just like 
you know, drawing oh, yeah. diagrams of sex positions and stuff. <laughs> it would be great. Holy upside down blowjob, Batman. <laughs> yeah, I quite like that idea. Mikel Arteta yeah. just like, oh, here comes Antonio Conte. We need to do something. Kapow! And then like, yeah. like it is. Yeah, it would work. Yeah. I just thought I'd like, I'd quite like to do Brokeback Mountain. If it was me and Antonio Conte. Yeah, or so the like, lips. <laughs> Well, no, but I'm standing there and he like comes up behind me and hugs me. He's like, why can't I quit you? <laughs> just stuff like that. It's you know, really like, weird, have actually. Have you fantasized? <laughs> <laughs> that is probably like, that's the gift that I send the most is the hug from Brokeback Mountain. So I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a big part of me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like Henry VIII or some really historical kind of vibe going on. Braveheart, except, yeah, yeah, oh, Braveheart, but historically accurate. So <laughs> I'd like to do a version of Braveheart, because I hate Braveheart. Right? I'd like to do a version, I mean, it's an entertaining film, but really, William Wallace was not a savage, a noble savage living in a wattle and daub hut with woad on his face. That's what the paints called his woad. Um, he was a nobleman living in a manor house. He, but it's Mel Gibson's classic anti-English agenda. There's also a bit where Edward I throws Piers Gaveston out of a window. He didn't throw Piers Gaveston out of a window. He's beheaded by the Duke of Lancaster. Anyway, right, that's... <laughs> Hannah's face during that. <laughs> it's like, shut up, Joe. Never going to win this fucking award. <laughs> she was just like... I was genuinely thinking about what snack I was going to have after we finished filming. <laughs> Not even kidding. Um, <laughs> sorry. sorry, guys. It does, that's it does really interesting. Me. Love it. Thanks, guys. Um, FA Cup. Uh, <laughs> speaking of things you love, Hannah, FA Cup. Yeah. Good good night at the office, Manchester United. Oh, what a bag of that was. So bad, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. So bad. It was embarrassing. Also, great a great handball goal. Oh, God. Yeah, what what was going on there? So, Most blatant uh, handball. Yeah, so I was doing that on Friday night, I was doing that gig when that guy was going, Ugh, and um, my I've got an Apple Watch, and it just kept vibrating for ages, and I was like, what's going on? Live score was updating on my, my watch. And but it was like, Andy oh, saying it's time for Rudy's. Yeah. Scheduled like, it in. <laughs> <laughs> Aeroplane mode. Um, and uh, I was like, why is it Why is it keep going extra time? And I was like, oh, right, okay. And then penalties. And it's like, what is going on? Do you think it was in a way, though, because obviously the FA Cup has lost some of its kind of cachet in the last few years. It's an unwanted distraction for Manchester United. But obviously Manchester United have won it, I think, more than any other club. Or is it Arsenal? I'm sure Michael, correct me if I'm wrong. But like. Arsenal. Yeah, say it's Arsenal. <laughs> but Manchester United won it the second most. Do you think for United it's still a competition you want to be in? Yeah, because we need silverware. For Christ's mm. sake, we need something. It's just embarrassing to to not be in the running to get some some silverware this season. It's yeah, just I mean, disappointing to see the players. I just look they look so downtrodden, so downbeat. So like they don't really want to be there and missed opportunities weren't like, there was no passion. It was just like, oh, you Bruno know, missing Fernandes an open miss, goal. Oh, yeah, I know. Lord. I know. Missing an open How goal, you hitting the that? post. You can maybe one, one mistake a game is a bit frustrating, but there's multiple mistakes that were made. It's just, I just feel like United have made a fundamental error in not appointing a permanent manager, it's not working at all. I know we'll probably talk about these all these statements on social media from players. Like, what's that all about? You don't say stuff about your manager because you respect your manager. 
You don't mm. tweet stuff. You don't put messages to the world to see that you don't have a discussion with your manager about first, but your manager should be managing these situations. Like football these days is not the same as it was before. Um, you know, if someone's going to release a statement, people at the top should know about it first. But now people have got the opportunity to write what they want. And, and obviously, rightly so, it's, you can write your own opinions out there. But it's about protecting the the, the club. And I'm just, there's just no, I don't, the dynamics are way off at, at Man United at the moment. It's it's actually embarrassing. And what you're talking about is, um, so Anthony Martial, obviously, he's gone on loan to Sevilla, hasn't he? Yeah. And he disagreed with something that Ralph Rangnick had said um, in the press or in a press conference or post-match interview yeah. um, before he went to Sevilla. But Jesse Lingard, who's obviously still at the club, um, Ralph Rangnick had said that uh, he wasn't playing because his state of mind wasn't right. And Jesse Lingard tweeted and said, my state of mind is fine. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, obviously Jesse Lingard seems like a good guy. I don't know why Ranić would put that in the, yeah. unless you're like, you've spoke. And also it feels like that's quite a personal thing to say. Very even if personal. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So you would say to Jesse as a person, do you want me to say this or should we say something else or whatever? Because that feels, yeah, deeply personal. Or he, Ralph would be smart enough not to word it that way or not to say it in that way. You don't talk about somebody's mental health, their mindset, their mind frame. You don't talk mm. about stuff like that. That's that's completely unprofessional, in my opinion, to say that about Jesse Lingard. If Jesse Lingard has got any issues, it's for him to discuss about his own mind frame. It's not for his manager to say, oh, you know, mentally, is, you know, it's not about that. It's he If he's fit enough to play and he's well enough to play that's a different story but I think he crossed a line and that was that was inappropriate to say that about Jesse Lingard it's interesting as well isn't it because um it's kind of a parallel with the Thomas Tuchel and Romelu Lukaku situation yeah. where Lukaku was initially dropped after that interview with Sky Italia and Tuchel could have said something like that but he said look we just felt there was too much attention on him right now and it wouldn't be good for anybody so we're just letting it all cool down and it's kind yeah. of, he diffused it like that. He didn't say, oh, Romelu's not feeling good about it, where he's like, yeah. look, there's too much going on. Let's just leave it for now and we'll deal with it as a club. And it kind of killed the yeah. story in like in its infancy. Um, yeah. So Hannah, is it safe to say that that you're not a fan of Ralph Ranić? Yeah, I, I don't think I am a massive fan, but then I don't think um, I'm a fan of the situation. I'm not a fan of the setup there. I don't think it's productive. The, you know, I know I've said this so many times. I sound like I'm slagging United off all the time. Um, and I know I get on my high horse about it, but I just don't understand why they've done what they're doing right now. There's too much, um, too much chat about Man United for negative reasons. It should be about the football and we should be just displaying on the pitch what the fans want to see and what, you know, we've, we've bought these extortionately expensive players and they're just playing like, I'm not going to say Sunday league because that's not doing them justice at all. But I think from watching, yeah, it's it's not a, a, a world-class um, football team. <laughs> and that's because they're just playing as individuals, I think. They're not playing as a team yeah. because the the infrastructure isn't right at Man United right now. And it's, it's just going to show it's for just the rest a mess, of the Sanna, isn't it? it is, like, you, yeah. you look at it from the outside and you think, um, I compare it to Arsenal because I think Arsenal have been in a mess for a, a long time. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like it's like you, it, you're almost seeing, and you guys will agree with me, even though you think I'm really biased, but it's almost looking like from an internal point of view outwards, it's looking like the situation is improving. Whereas Man United, it's, you know, they've not won a title since yeah. 2010, 2011. So it's like well into a decade now. And I saw an article the other day that was saying they've got the highest net spend 
yeah. uh, across Europe's top five leagues over the last decade, which means yeah. they've they've spent you know a lot more than they've than they've got in player sales, and that's with you know players like Paul Pogba who've not quite worked out, Angel Di Maria, players like Falcao. You know, it's it's an endless list of players, and that's yeah. just mismanagement, isn't it? What are you laughing Hannah, at, Joe? No, I was just laughing. I was going to say, <laughs> Hannah, why did he why did he mention Arsenal? <laughs> he basically went, yeah, Arsenal no. were doing well. So here's another reason United. No, 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 no. I was no, just, I, 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 was, I understand. I, I, I was just saying because we're 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 on yeah. upwards curve. Like, I, I I feel like Arsenal are signing the right type of player right now. They're signing. They know they can't compete with the likes of Man, with the likes of Man City and Liverpool. They can't sign players that in in you know at the top bracket of world class players. So they're signing younger players who can who can improve. They've got a young manager. It seems like it's all come together. But at you've Man United, it's bungalow, like oh, Mike, throw... you've got your bungalow and you're building yeah, it to a yeah, house. Exactly. And then it's, see, you were right when we yeah, we I mocked right, you, yeah. and and it's right. This is what Arsenal are doing. Because what you've got, Hannah, is you've got a beautiful house. No, it's got subsidence though. <laughs> You're yeah, yeah. <laughs> massively. Isn't it sad though when you you look at your own team and you're like, oh my god, every like week in week out, you're like, what is going on? And obviously everything yeah. that's going on in the press. So these extra little, th- well, I say little things, extra articles about players tweeting about the manager and stuff. And I'm not going to keep going. You won't get that with Sir Alex Ferguson because times have changed and social media and and everything's different now. But that's so disrespectful. Yeah, and it's this, but Mike is right, and like we've all talked about our clubs a lot when they've been a shambles, and it is yeah. incredibly frustrating. I think there's a lack of coherent, there's just a lack of coherent leadership, and it's like a football yeah. club a lot of the time does need to be a dictatorship, um, and you can have a manager that works really well with a chairman or whatever, like that relationship that Wenger had with um, David, David Dean and Dean. stuff, and it's like, and even to be honest, like what Poch had with Daniel Levy when it goes well it's just it works yeah. but you just everybody just needs to know what the plan is because yeah. it feels like United there's lots of different people pulling in different directions yeah there's and no all, consistency there that's why yeah and all the players like we've all been part of like projects and stuff where you're like this is a sinking shit but still getting paid so yeah just, of course you're going to turn up to training you let's know? kick back yeah. and I'll keep sending off my CV in the meantime <laughs> <laughs> like wait for the summer been... transfer window <laughs> yeah literally off. we've all been there um Spurs through though a uh, good performance against Brighton I see uh Benton Cole get on the pitch I thought he looked speaking of things that make you go mm, his little Cruyff turn do you just do a Jack oh. Skipper then Joe <gasps> What are you Spurs? Um, <laughs> Boreham Wood through as well, Mike. That's nice, isn't it? Knocked out Bournemouth. They were absolutely loving it, the boys from Boreham Wood. Yeah, it's not far from me as well. So I, I guess if that was going to be like my lower league team, it, it might be them or Barnet or something. <laughs> Along their our, lines. Our, our, friend, our friend Martin Allen. <laughs> yeah, oh, Martin Allen. Is what, is, he's not, oh, of course, Barnet legend, isn't he's he? He's been at Barnet several times. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say he's managing Boreham Wood. I was like, no, he's not. No, um, no he's not. No, but uh, you, you know, you were, you were talking about, you were sort of like alluding to the fact that the magic might have gone from the FA Cup, Joe, but I, I sort of don't think it, it has. It was really, really harsh to see Kidderminster uh, knocked out in, in the fashion that, that they were over yeah. the weekend. Like two like late, late goals. Um, I think Declan Rice scored in like the 91st minute and then they scored the winner in like the 122nd minute or something like that. Why didn't time. anyone foul Declan Rice on that run? Why not? But, yeah. <laughs> David Moyes compared him to Steven Gerrard after that game, yeah, which was 
a bit of a stretch to say the least. It was um, quite Gerardy, what, but it was against Kidderminster, not against AC Milan. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but what a baller Declan Rice is, though. I'm, I'm like, I'll be honest. Like, I did. I think I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but I did. Like, I didn't really rate him when he was first coming through, but he's just unbelievable, isn't he? Yeah, he's really, he's really cooking, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Cookie like, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, good. He's, yeah, good. Um, right. <laughs> um, uh, more top. You can use that in your set, by the way, Hannah. It's more top. Oh, do you know what? It's, it's, it's so funny how many people say that. Like, oh, you do stand up comedy. And they'll go, oh, she, Margaret went out on Thursday and then she did this and she did. You can use that one in your set. It's yeah. like, Actually, I won't charge you. <laughs> yeah. So many people say that. Oh, but not everybody's got material like. <laughs> We're gammon. <laughs> oh, we oh, oh, if we get sponsored by a ham company. No. Yeah, but I'm like, vegan, do, aren't I? Yeah, but we could do... We, can't be, get sponsored be by a ham company. Mind you, yeah, you can, Hannah. Depends on how much they're going to pay us, isn't it? You how can get good our Christmas morals. party can be. Aren't yeah. we doing a gig for a leather company? <laughs> yeah. <I am. laughs> There's those morals. How much, how much for your morals? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was like, Joe, do you think I should increase my day rate? And then he, we went talk through money. He was like, yeah, you do that. And then I was thinking, oh, God, I'm vegan. Mm. <laughs> Joe, apparently they're Nazis as well. Ask for another thousand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I should. laughs> um, Boreham Wood through. Still haven't conceded in the FA Cup yet. Um, let's talk about, we talked about... Um, uh, yeah, Mike, do you think, is Declan Rice the, like, the most valuable player to his club at the moment? David Moyes saying he's worth £200 million. Yeah, of course he is. Uh, but I almost think that with, with Declan Rice, he's been linked with Man United. Like, why would you leave West Ham to go to Man United right now? I, I can't yeah. see a reason why, and unless they're paying you like money that you can't turn down, like... 300k a week which i don't think he would get i can't see any other reason like apart from finance or maybe just the status of saying you're a manchester united player why you'd go wouldn't you also say i'll come obviously since united and the scope for progression is much bigger but i need to know the long-term plan yeah but there wouldn't be like they they wouldn't be able to to do that and not with a player no yeah, they, 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 there's no way because I don't think they know what what they're doing. I don't think they have a long term plan. And maybe you know they're they're sort of lining up Brendan Rodgers because you know Hannah's got the inside scoop. Well, maybe maybe it's Mauricio Pochettino, but well, he's going to yeah. get sacked from Leicester and then he's going to come to United. I mean, okay. it, it looks feasible right now. To be Listen, honest, guys, if it <laughs> happens, you're buying me some champers. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if it actually happens? I'll oh, be like, God. in your face. You'll be absolutely nothing to do in with your, your source, but it'll be funny. Yeah. <laughs> if you say it for long enough, if this podcast goes for 40 years, it might just happen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, the rotation that we've got in the Premier League of managers, it's like, where is he now? Oh, <laughs> if Rose Ed goes for 40 years, doing this in an oh, old people's homes. Hello. What, like your room now? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Rose Ed. Do you see she got a hammy gammon, Joe? Shut up, Hannah, I'm doing intro. <laughs> How do I do this editing again? Yeah. <laughs> Mike, you're on BBC. That was 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we're, all, we're all from Yorkshire. Like we'll all be yeah. divorced, sat in a spare room. <laughs> yeah, yeah without a doubt, our spouses would have left us yeah. <laughs> a oh, long yeah. time ago. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Declan Rice, obviously, like, I mean, com- the, the, I was, the comparisons, the comparisons to Stephen Gerrard. Um, but yeah, I mean, potentially, I think future England captain, if he keeps progressing like he is, and he's turned mm. into more of a number eight, isn't he, Mike? 
Yeah, and I didn't really see that part of his game because obviously he started at West Ham his first season. I think he was a centre-back. So yeah. I thought he was just a defensive player that could play that role. But I can see him turning into that box-to-box midfielder. And, you know, he's he's adding a few goals to his game as well. And and why not? I mean, look, David Moyes comparing him to Steven Gerrard is obviously a massive stretch, but he's so young. Like, he's got so much scope to improve. Like, why not? He, could, he can reach those heights. I'm not going to say he's going to be as good as him, but... Why not? The sky's the limit. Um, Hannah, do you enjoy uh, Glenn Huddle's comments about Deli Alley? Oh my God, I know. Well, what was that all about? Well, he basically, Deli Alley kind of went out to get, and it was a bit of a weird outfit, but yeah, it was. I mean, wear whatever you like. So it just looked a bit, just looked, I wasn't bothered by wear whatever you like, but just looked a bit. <laughs> I was like, you can get better clothes than that. But Glenn Huddle said, I thought he'd been dragged off the street, at least wear a tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, that hey, was. That nice feel of that deli. Where'd you get that one? I'll tell you what, my mate Gary's got a load in his van. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about that, Mike? Um, yeah, um, I, I actually really liked Frank Lampard's response, even though I think he's a really boring bloke. Like, I think in, in this... Sorry, Frank. <laughs> so needless. Sorry, yeah. No, I, I was because I was talking to someone about it the other day and I was just like, oh, like so I, I was looking for um, Frank Lampard's press conference. I was like, oh, he's pretty boring, isn't he? Like for a, for a player that was so good, he really doesn't inspire me. But his comments on on Deli Ali like completely backed him and just said, look, what I look for is performances on the pitch, and you know I really couldn't care less what he wears, and that's completely fair enough. Like why why are we judging him for that? But he did say as well. He said maybe Donny Van Der Beek. Wears a long overcoat, and Delhi's got a different colour. They, they have him and Glenn Hoddle only have like been in the dressing up box. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about, he's got a long overcoat, yeah. and Delhi's got a coloured ja- like just. She's so out of touch, isn't it? Just what clothes are you wearing? It's so weird. Yeah, I the think whole... it should have been something linking to the club proper, like you know, it, especially for fans. People, you know, the merch that people uh, purchase is insane. So, you know, people buy it because the players wear it, don't they? And they want to be part of the club and look like the players, like their role models. So um, I think that maybe a bit more of an effort could be put into that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's what Glenn was getting at. He just made me laugh when he said at least wear a tracksuit. The height of just what Glenn was wearing on his wedding day. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Grealish pinched out and about on a Sunday. A Sunday! Out on a Sunday with... Weird. Sunday to... fun day. Well, it is. I love, I love a Sunday sesh. Oh, I bet um, I do. Because Jack, Jack Grealish was getting <laughs> turned down from Albert Schloss, which is a Bavarian beer hall here in Manchester, where I am. Um, visit, if you like rain. Uh, <laughs> did, he, did he invite you out, Joe? Or was that another person that's didn't, not... I didn't see Grillo. I didn't actually see Grillo. No. Um, but I know Surprise. he's a fan. Uh, but he was out with... Um, Riyad Mahrez and Carl Walker, so not a triumvirate I'd have put together. But look, we were saying, look, he was turned down maybe because he was too drunk, whatever. that That's kind of by the by. Pep said, I'm just sad they didn't invite me um, in another weird manager response. He wasn't breaking any club rules. But it kind of raises an interesting point of, what's he what's he doing there, Hannah? Because he's, he's really, it's really not happened for him in the way that we think it would. Philippe, in terms of in, at City? At City. Not, not at Albert Sloss, yeah. Um, he just wasn't allowed in. Was um, it Albert Slosh? Well, Albert I think he's, um, he was a big fish and he's gone to Man City. And I think the expectation with his price tag was very high. And I don't think it's that he hasn't lived up to that. I just don't think he's kind of moulded into the team yet. But the potential's there. It's just that you can see it happening, especially with... Um, 
like Declan Rice as well, you know, if he goes for a big price tag, there's big expectations on them and that can affect their performances when it's maybe not coming as naturally to them as it did at their previous club when they were a big fish. And so I, um, I don't think it's it's necessarily clicked for him there yet, do you? But I, No, not really. And I wonder it's kind of, it is this ego thing that you have to have to be a top sports person. But yeah. Mike, I kind of wonder that because he again like Scott Sinclair, obviously he's a better player than Scott Sinclair, but that's the example I always use. He's obviously gone and thought, well, I'm going to be starting every week. But the reality is when you go to, you were the best player at Villa, fine. Yeah. By quite a stretch, you're not going to be the best player at Manchester City. Kevin De Bruyne doesn't get in the team every week. Yeah. And mm. apart from Mo Salah, he's pretty much the best player in Europe. Yeah. So, I mean, it's maybe he's, he's having to face a little bit of reality. Yeah, I think so. And when that offer comes along, I just think you can't, as a player, when you, you know, you're talking about a team that are going to win the Premier League, you can't really turn it down. Mm. I, I, I just think maybe the best step would have been to him to go to a club that's between Aston Villa and Man City, probably like a Spurs or something. But obviously they were never going to pay for him. <laughs> no, that's, that, that's realistic. Well, yeah, I'm talking about, the way I'm talking said- about from 10 to to. You know, you're one. very clever with your insults. There, there are the five, aren't they? Say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I'm going to get a stick off your mum and auntie now. Well, all. Um, <laughs> Dad. Does anyone else want to join in? No, well, actually, she said something interesting to my mum this week. Oh. She said, oh, I feel I feel really sorry for Mike. Oh, here we because, go. <laughs> like, you look at a lot of, like, the videos and you and Hannah are, like, howling with laughter and, like, egging each other on and saying really stupid stuff. And Mike just looks really bored. And he's just he's just waiting for it to stop so he can carry on making the point that he was making. The best bits are our intros when Joe goes to do his intro. And I don't know why, I just can't stop laughing. And then we get to the point where both of us are snorting and dribbling and I have to wipe my dog wet nose. And then Mike's like this. Yeah, I think I've got like my, my producer hat on still because I'm I'm not used to doing a podcast that's so full of nonsense all the time. It's just, and well, it's just like as it award nominated nonsense. Yeah, award nominated <laughs> yeah, award I'm not used to doing a podcast that's so full of award nominated nonsense. Me and Hannah all the time. really try it, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but this is yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just I, I spent so much of my of my youth like at, at the Love Sport Radio studio, staring through the screen at Joe, wondering what on earth he was going to say to either like libel me or, you know, basically take us off air when he was doing like his, um, what was it, Joe? You did like a um, something that was like mystic and it was uh, oh, like the X-Files tune. Oh, no, no, that was when we were Yeah, the X-Files music. And I was talking what was about that? when people touch your bum in a changing room. Yeah, stuff like yeah, exactly. And this is on radio where where, where there's like rules for stuff that you can talk about. So I think maybe there's like a bit of emotional damage there. I don't know. Turns out Love Sport had no problem getting taken off air on their own, did they? Hi, Kelvin. Yeah, (laughs) that is that is very true. I mean, yeah, um, you you played no part in that. I think so. For once, I didn't. They did all themselves. (laughs) Uh, You got going, you Mike. Yeah, where do we go from here? Well, there's a little bit left for me and Hannah to do to hit the hour, but. Yeah, mate, if you need to go. You know, we'll do some quality bants, won't we, Joe? Oh, yeah. we'll do some good stuff. <laughs> Hell. Oh, God. Actually, the vein in my head hurts. I've been laughing so oh, much. Oh, that descended to madness, didn't it? That was so good. All right, bye, guys. All right, mate, have a good one. Bye.
Oh, I've got a wet um, nose. Mike's left because he's gone into witness protection because he's scared of my mum. He's going um, to buy some pedal pushers from Primark. <laughs> you can still hear you, All right. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, so there's a story this week in the Metro, Hannah. Yeah. Just to finish. Because um, the Royal Mail have launched in it. You've had an issue with your postman, haven't you, in that you fancy him? Yeah, really fancy him. He's fit. <laughs> I order stuff. I order stuff that I don't need, so he'll come to my house. Do you actually? No, I don't. I mean, in lockdown, there was a few times where I thought, hmm, which delivery courier is using <laughs> is that? Because it was, you know, it was fun. I liked him when he came on my drive. <laughs> no, I came up my drive. <laughs> he came right up your drive. <laughs> he came right on my doorstep. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Open the double doors. <laughs> um, no, because some postmen yeah. in Clapham accidentally ate some hash-laced brownies and then were filmed trying to complete their round. So apparently these were <laughs> left out at the sorting office and the postmen were really stoned. And someone oh filmed these really stoned postmen <laughs> trying to do their round and they're all staggering about. Eating um, all the bird feed on the way with <laughs> the munchies. <laughs> <laughs> You're like just eating the letters, going, looking at it, going, I swear I was meant to do something with this man. <laughs> Why is he eating grass? Is he vegan? Yeah. Oh, anyways, you want to stop and get some Doritos, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but I was going to say, like, what's what's your like worst culinary mishap? Have you ever like eaten anything and it's gone severely wrong? So when I was at uni once. Um, the I don't know if I should say this. We we're all really hungover, and the lads were like, "Oh, if you eat that bit of kebab off the floor, I'll give you a tenner." <laughs> it was only a little bit. The pavement. No, no, like in our, in his room, in his bedroom. Oh. There was like ten of us sat there, and he was like, "If you do it, I'll give you." And I, yeah, I did it. That's embarrassing. Don't just what don't. What bit of a kebab was it? Was it um? Was it the was it the meat or was it like the bread? It was the meat, and I was okay. What? <laughs> and was then once like- <laughs> I was in a club and this guy said to me, this guy said to me <laughs> in the bongo in North Allen, he said to me, if you put, if you put my shoe uh, in your mouth, I'll buy you all um, a round of drinks and then I'll get you um, something from the kebab shop. So he took his shoe off and I was like, all right then. So I put the front, the front part of his shoe, but he was like a size 14. There was no way I was going to fit that in my gob. So I put the front of it in my mouth and I like literally put, couldn't put that much in. And then he bought us a bottle of water each from the bar and then he bought us a pita bread with salad in it. <laughs> what a legend. I know. Because can't you fit, you've got quite a big mouth. You, can't, you can fit a whole Yeah, I can put it, my fist you? in my mouth. Because we made you put a whole mince pie in your mouth at Rose Edmonds. That was awful. That was yeah, but it was like a dry mince pie, and then I accidentally inhaled and half it went down my throat. I couldn't breathe. Yeah, that was awful. Can you put your fist in your mouth? No, not at all. Quite a big fist and quite a small mouth. Should I try and do it? Yeah, yeah do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cover for this week. Sorted. I <laughs> I once made a girl at a wedding drink a pint of gravy. Oh, uh, that's disgusting. Did she, do she it? Was not, yeah, she did it. I wasn't even trying to have sex with her. I mean, I don't know how that would be like a precursor to sex. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Bisto. Down that and I'll do what you want. <laughs> oh, Aunt Bessie's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We need to cut half of this stuff out since Mike's gone. 
Mike has capsized the podcast by continuing his beef with my mum. Um, look, I don't know how much of this is going to make the edit because it's been absolutely <laughs> bonkers. Um, if you haven't listened to our interview yet with Nicole Holiday, here's a little snippet about when she met Thierry Omri. So when I was at the club, we we did like um, a, a show on Arsenal Player and it was kind of like a match day show. And we'd be in, in this little studio and I was sat there, I literally sat on the floor. Why was I sat on the floor? Couldn't get me a chair? Apparently not. Um, sat on the floor uh, at one point when I wasn't kind of on screen and I was watching the two, two co-com guys kind of doing their thing. And I was just like, you know, sat there and I looked and, and the door had like a little glass, really small glass panel in it. I looked and I was like, oh my God, that's Thierry Henry just looking through. And I was like, obviously we're live on air. And I just sat there like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what to do. I was kind of like pointing, like, oh my God, what, what do I do now? Because this was, God, four or five years ago. I wasn't as experienced as well. Like Arsenal was one of my first proper mm. presenters. Oh, so this job. is you being professional. I'm not on air but now I'd probably be like oh my god it's Thierry Henry I'm going to get him to come in like the producers would love that right Like, but obviously I'm like oh god I really want to kind of say hi hi to him but we're live on air I can't you know professional so I'm just sat there freaking out kind of looking there and he was like oh because you could kind of hear if someone's right by the door you could hear if they spoke and he was like oh is this where they film the show oh and then he saw me and he like waved and then I, <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't commit to it oh, well, I was like, go can't believe it <laughs> crikey you know what? I was either. <laughs> so it was like this weird sort of interaction and then he just kind of waved and left and then I was like oh my god why, why didn't I like run out after him or why didn't I get him to come in the studio yeah. so that was the only interaction I've had with him there you go Nicole Holiday you can download that of course as long with the rest of our podcast <laughs> on the podcast app of choice oh it's a podcast <laughs> vote for us in the sports podcast awards you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and stuff and uh, on Rose Ed Pod and Rose Ed Soccer and we're working with 90 Min and stuff and it's great and thank you for your support as always I feel very hot <laughs> I always get like hot and sweaty like what we just chat a don't we that's what I mean it's been I've, I've, I've had really I've had ever such a nice time here. <laughs> I don't want to do without this podcast I feel like it's a an hour of release of my uh my weird inhibitions come out and um I don't know what happens well it is because it's like you you particularly have to be normal quite a lot and then like the yeah. mad chimpanzee comes out for an hour a week. <laughs> Sometimes I think in years to come, if my kids listen back to this, they'll be like, was my mum all right when I was younger? <laughs> no, but they're going to, as we've said before, your kids are going to be nuts anyway. So they'll yeah, be totally. like, this is quality. I don't know what, it just sounds like Radio 4 to them. <laughs> like, why does everyone think my mum's so weird? Yeah, <laughs> When they're hosting like the Rose, when they've inherited the show. Absolutely. It's going to happen. Oh, wow. Um, right. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Yeah, yes, bruv. Like, I just want to say, like, big shout out to the crew on BBC London, all the chronicles of Aguna, man, like, big love and respect, yeah. And I just want to say, like, nice, and I'll see you in Cyprus, yeah? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in my pedal pushes and that, yeah? yeah. Cheers, Mac. Cheers, Mac. Cheers, Mac. Oh, no, that's him. No, that's right. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, you got, the, um, you got a bit wrong. Right, Mix and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Podcast Network.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.